Welcome to the Gather Houston podcast. We are a Christian community practicing the way of Jesus in all parts of life and for the good of all people. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, Gather family. My name is Fanuel Rojas, and I'm delighted to be with you all this morning. Uh, I've been a member here at Gather for nearly a year, and I'm excited to share with you the final chapter of Philippians 4. Um, Josh asked me to uh, teach on this about a month ago, and leading up to it, I was uh, definitely a little nervous. Um, I don't know if you know, uh, but in Philippians 4, there's Philippians 4.13, which is probably one of the most iconic verses next to John 3.16. And if you know it, say it with me, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So he was like, hey, you have Philippians 4. And I was like, oh, but Philippians 4.13 is in this chapter. No big deal. No pressure. Um, It's probably one of the most and misunderstood verse, most used and misunderstood verses of all time. Um, Likely you've heard it in a million and one sermons. Maybe someone used it as a piece of encouragement to you, uh, for you rather, in a season of uh, difficulty or trial, and someone's just like, hey, oh, but it's okay, Philippians 4.13. It's a really difficult season for you, but Philippians 4.13. Um, I also, I'm a child of the 90s, so I saw Philippians 4.13 on everything. You probably still see it today. Uh, but I remember very distinctly wearing a shield of strength um, in middle school that had Philippians 4.13 on it. Um, and I just remember thinking at that time, I was like, wow, I'm really living out my faith here. Philippians 4.13 is on uh, around my neck. Um, and if you want to add a hat on top of a hat, um, for me, I... Uh, last time I ever spoke uh, or even shared anything from scripture was in 2008, uh, 18, excuse me. Um, and that was when I began kind of my own journey of uh, uncoupling and unpacking my relationship with the evangelical church. And so this, with that additional pressure of, you know, healing from, from that journey or the healing from that uh, season of life, um, I had a bit of anxiety having to teach uh, on scripture again, again, and um, and now I can say that this is kind of a full circle moment. Um, so having to teach on a big verse, healing, and finding a safe space to to uh, to kind of conclude that journey in 2018, um, I'm very excited to share with you today, and I still said yes to do it. Um, now let's get to the text. Um, as we've been talking about Philippians for the last few weeks, um, this is again the conclusion of Philippians four, or the book of Philippians. Um, and in beginning, in the beginning of Philippians four, it begins. It says, "Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you and long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and the crown I receive from my work." Again, it says, therefore, my brothers and sisters, it begins with, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you and long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and the crown I receive from my work. At the end of Philippians 3, Paul is encouraging us to finish the race, press on through the challenges, saying, and saying that the struggle is worth it. And then we begin Philippians 4 with, I feel like, a really great invitation to experience joy. Um, Paul is setting the stage here for a very important part for us to to begin the end, if you will. He's reminding the readers, the recipients of this letter, that that they are a joy, that they are loved, and they are valued. 
is reminding them once you finish this season and this race that we have been pressing on toward, don't forget that you are, you are loved by me. You are a joy and you are valued by me. I think more often than not, we, uh, you get through a season of challenges or we, we finish a very tr- troublesome time in our lives um, and we forget that we also deserve to experience happiness. He invites us to experience the joy of who we are. The idea of being invited to experience joy is an odd thing, especially if you're finishing a season where it's, um, it's been, been hard. We're conditioned by our culture to constantly push, strive, and change. Um, and I remember during a difficult session with my therapist, um, again, in 2018, that's where that journey for me of kind of unpacking and unlearning some of these kind of toxic religious uh, pillars. Um, I remember my therapist, Phil, at Modern Therapy, um, I remember him saying to me, I just want you to know you deserve love and happiness. It was a really difficult session. We were unpacking some big things in my life, and I remember him having to welcome me and invite me to experience that I do deserve those things. I do deserve happiness and I do deserve joy and I do deserve to feel loved. And so I think in the same metric, Paul is beginning this final, final section of his letter to say to the reader, Hey, you don't forget who you are, that you are still a joy to me. You are still loved by me. You are a crown that I wear. You are valuable. So if you need to hear that today, Paul is saying that to you. You are invited to experience that joy. Similarly, I think as we progress in the chapter, I think Paul is also inviting us to experience peace. In verse 8 through 9, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, and the peace of God will be with you. I remember when I was younger, I heard these verses and thought of them as a kind of metric to live my Christian life, right? So you hear this verse and you're you're taught, oh, only fix your things fix your eyes upon the things that are only Christian or that are only um, pure and holy. That's the only way you'll find peace. And so I, I don't know about you, but often, more often than not, that was a verse used to correct behavior. Where I think Paul is inviting us to experience peace by finding the things that are pure and holy to us. We are obviously living in a very chaotic time in our culture And so finding those pockets of peace is really difficult. And often, and I believe Paul is also telling us here that he's inviting us to find those moments of peace. Again, if we're using the analogy from Philippians 3 of running the race, pressing on, um, Paul is also, once you finish the race, don't forget to find peace. There's a thousand and one books, lectures, sermons on how to find peace, but maybe today your pocket of peace, that moment of respite, of that moment of breath and just 
can be found in simple ways. Maybe it's just time with your friends, with your family, enjoying a, a really lovely dinner together. Maybe those things that are holy and pure are found in the simple things that are already existing. We don't have to correct our behavior to find peace, rather just take a moment to pause and say, I need to find peace and I'm invited and I deserve to have this moment, this pocket of peace. Finally, as we get to <clears throat> the final half of this, or final, really the conclusion of Philippians 4, I think that Paul is also inviting us to another concept of peace. I think that's finding contentment and simplicity. In the culture that we're in, in you know, this capitalistic culture, we're taught to strive and get more, have more, do more. Philippians 4.12, it says, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is a full, with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. The rounding out of this chapter closes with Paul thanking the Philippians for their support and kindness. And despite his hardship and imprisonment, he is invited us to experience a few things here. Inviting to experience joy, experience peace, and now I think he's inviting the readers and the recipients of the letter um, to experience contentment in the season of life you're in. I think we've seen plenty of examples in our culture where striving for more and constantly living your life for more is a toxic and unhealthy mentality. I hope we can take a look at this conclusion of Philippians 4 where we allow ourselves to find contentment in the things that are already around us and the things that are simple. Again, going back to having to strive for more constantly, maybe finding contentment in the things that already exist will bring you peace. Maybe those moments of peace will be found with the things that are already right in front of you. At the same time, I think this is kind of full circle. It's a circular uh, conclusion where if we find contentment, we also find joy. And so <clears throat> with that to say, you know, Paul is rounding this out in order to remind us that the strive for excess actually doesn't cause peace, it causes disruption, it causes anxiety, it causes animosity. If you're familiar with the museums in Houston, um, you're probably familiar with the Manila Collection and the Rothko Chapel that's also on the campus. Um, I remember when I first visited the Rothko Chapel my sophomore year of college, um, <clears throat> I was taking an art history class and we were assigned to go to the chapel. If you haven't been there before, it's a large octagonal space and has 14 pieces by uh, Mark Rothko in different shades of black hues. Um, I remember my first time there and I was thoroughly confused of this exhibit. I was like, is this art? <laughs> I remember thinking, I was like, art should be challenging. It should be pressing. It should be loud. It should be vibrant. And then I was forced to sit in the chapel and just 
contemplate. I visited the chapel again a few times um, in my mid-20s and then as of most recently, probably a month ago. And every time I enter that space, the art invites us to reflect, to contemplate. And I remember when I visited, maybe when I was 24, 25, I found myself in a season of life where I was anticipating what the future may bring. You know, what is my next step? What is the journey that I'm on? And then just simply about a month ago, month and a half ago, I remember thinking, well, wow, I get to have 30 minutes of peace and solitude. I found myself weeping in this space that I, in the past, always thought was very annoying. When I first experienced it, I was annoyed by this silence. It's funny how the the chapel affects you um, in different seasons of your life. Um, the art doesn't change, but you as a person change changes. Um, and I wonder, I wonder if the chapel is kind of a mirror to this exercise that Paul is encouraging us to take, is to look and reflect and find and be invited into finding peace, finding joy, finding contentment. I think we, um, we have to be eager. We have to be invited to experience these things because, as you can tell in the world today, um, there's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of discord. And we have to be reminded that peace, joy, contentment is a practice. I want to finish with this. Um, the Book of Common Prayer has been a piece of literature um, that I've found a lot of comfort in in the last few years, especially as I've um, gone through a journey of understanding where my faith is today. And I, I like prayers that are written um, by people much more intelligent than me, <laughs> uh, folks that have much more experience. And this is uh, from the Book of Common Prayer. It's a prayer about peace. It says, Almighty God, kindle, we pray, in every heart, the true love of peace, and guide you with wisdom. Those who take counsel for the nations of the earth, that in tranquil your dominion may increase until the earth is filled with the knowledge of your love, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. So one more time. Almighty God, kindle, we pray, in every heart, the true love of peace, and guide you with your wisdom, those who take counsel for the nations of the earth, that in tranquil your dominion may increase until the earth is filled with the knowledge of your love. Through, the, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I hope this week, wherever you are in your journey, that you get to experience um, peace, experience some sort of contentment, experience joy, because you are allowed. You are invited by Philippians 4 to experience these things. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in Gather, check out our website at gatherhouston.org or visit us on Sunday at 10 a.m.